Today in Business from Wired. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Today in business from Wired. Google's Russian empire faces an uncertain future. After filing for bankruptcy, Google could withdraw from Russia or antagonize the country's regulators from overseas. By Morgan Meeker. Elena Giorgiobiani describes herself as a Russian liberal. The PR professional who lives in Moscow trusts the results of Google's search engine over local rival Yandex. She downloads apps on her Android phone from the Google Play Store and stores her files using Google's cloud storage service. Since Microsoft's teams left Russia in March, she uses Google Meet for most of her work calls. Gmail has been her main email account for 17 years. She used to spend around 200 rubles, or $3 each month, so she could watch ad-free YouTube videos on her smoking breaks. But in early March, her YouTube premium subscription became defunct when Google suspended its advertising operations in Russia in response to the war in Ukraine. Revenues for YouTubers and advertisers were wiped out, but everyone in Russia was able to watch videos on the platform without ads for free. I haven't seen ads since the new policy on monetization was introduced. I only see them when I turn on the VPN, says Giorgio Biani, referring to a virtual private network that allows users to surf the web as if they were in another country. Giorgio Biani's relationship with Google illustrates how embedded the company is within Russia. In 2021, there were more than 91 million YouTube users in Russia, a country of 144 million people, according to data analytics company Statista. But Google's commercial empire is crumbling. On March 10th, the company announced it would suspend all its paid-for services in Russia due to payment system disruption linked to Western sanctions. The same month, Google started relocating staff from its Moscow office to other countries, with many moving to Dubai and the United Arab Emirates, according to employees' LinkedIn profiles. In May, Google's Russian subsidiary filed for bankruptcy after a court order froze its main bank account. Without its bank account, the company might not be able to make money in Russia, but it has pledged to keep operating. People in Russia rely on our services to access quality information, a Google spokesperson told Wired. But what role Google will play in Russian society without a local subsidiary is unclear. Experts are divided over whether these developments are the beginning of the end for Google in Russia or the company will adopt a more antagonistic offshore model similar to messaging app Telegram. Google's Russian account has been frozen because it has not paid fines it incurred for refusing to take down content the authorities consider illegal, says Laura Brank, head of U.S. law firm Deckert's Russia practice. That's a normal process for non-payment of a court order, and so on paper, it's all legal, she adds. People say there's no rule of law in Russia, but there are laws, and the authorities will follow the process so when Russian consumers are upset about a service being blocked, they can say, look, we had some due process here. But so far, Google has not been blocked. Instead, it is one of the last bastions of U.S. tech left in the country after Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter were blocked earlier this year, and Microsoft and Amazon left of their own accord. 
Although access to Google News was severed in March in retaliation for linking to sites containing information the Kremlin deemed unreliable about the situation in Ukraine, Russians can still access the rest of its services. Some analysts have suggested that the government believes YouTube is too popular to block without risking a political pushback or increasing the popularity of VPNs. But others argue that the Google exemption is connected to the company's Trump card, which is sitting in the pockets of roughly 75% of Russians. Most smartphones in Russia are Android, which runs on Google's operating system, not Apple because they're cheaper, says Sergei Sinovich, a research associate at Princeton University. It's significantly technically harder to censor mobile data and applications as opposed to websites. Blocking some Google services without affecting others might also be difficult, says Karen Kazarian, director and founder of the Moscow-based Internet Research Institute. Google Cloud infrastructure is a very complex thing, Kazarian says. When you start trying to block something, you can accidentally block something unrelated, and then some critical service will just stop working. Russia's invasion of Ukraine simply intensified the problems Google's subsidiary already faced in the country. Over the years, the Moscow office has wrestled with increasingly strict laws governing the Internet and a steady stream of fines, ranging from $11,000 to $100 million, for its refusal to take down content. Google told Wired that there will be no change to YouTube's content moderation policies linked to its bankruptcy filing. This is also not the first time Google has shut down an office in Moscow. In 2014, it moved its engineers out of the city to protest new data protection rules. But in recent years, the stakes have become higher. In September 2021, Russian authorities visited the home of one of Google's top executives, telling her to delete an app linked to activist Alexei Navalny from the Google Play Store or face prison. When Google put the executive up in a hotel under a different name, the same agents turned up at her room to tell her the clock was still ticking, according to the Washington Post, which did not name the executive. Within hours, the app had been deleted. Kazarian thinks part of the reason Google has persevered in Russia despite so many challenges is because its co-founder is Russian. I believe it is a bit sentimental because of Sergei Brin, he says. Brin, who lived in the Soviet Union until he was five years old, has previously spoken about how his experience growing up in a political system that censored speech shaped Google's policy. It has definitely shaped my views and some of my company's views, he told the New York Times in 2010. The company's Russian subsidiary also made billions of dollars in revenue. In an earnings call, Google said 1% of its global revenues came from Russia in 2021, up from 0.5% the year before, which would amount to $2.5 billion, the same amount it made from the UK in 2020. The company would have been expecting those revenues to grow, says Dan Ives, an analyst at Wedbush. Google went down the same path as Microsoft, where there was a lot of hope that they could expand within Russia over the next decades, he says. The freeze on Google's bank account is a result of the company's ongoing tug-of-war over what the Russian government considers problematic content on its platforms. The irony is that without a Russian subsidiary, the country's authorities will find it even harder to force Google to comply with rules without content moderation. On March 26th, Maria Zakharova, a government spokesperson, tried a new tactic. She threatened to deport an American journalist every time YouTube blocked another briefing by Russia's foreign affairs ministry. We just came and told them, you block another briefing, one journalist or American media outlet goes home, she told the TASS news agency. 
Attempted punitive actions by the Russian government, like trying to punish Western journalists for Google's content moderation decisions, show that Russia lacks effective tools to compel Google, says Emerson T. Brooking, a resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, a U.S. think tank. He believes Google is more likely to assume a non-compliant Telegram-style role in Russia than be blocked, as it was in China. Russia does not have a great firewall. Russia does not have a strong domestic tech sector that can assume the role of these large Western companies, he says. And as Google withdraws its employees and physical infrastructure, Russia will find it harder and harder to coerce the company. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com/business.